My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. I uh, got a couple neat treats in store, and uh, so if we'll go ahead and flip over to Philippians chapter 2. Uh, we will, Philippians chapter 2, chapter 3, I'm stuck in the past, oh my goodness. Um, so while you're heading over to Philippians chapter 3, I will say that I listened to Amy V's lesson, thank you again Amy, uh, her lesson last week, probably three times this week, uh, and I believe I got all of the notes, so uh, Yes, so if you are missing any applications or personalizations, my handwriting is tiny at the bottom of these pages, but I believe I got them all. So I have my notes up here if anybody wants to borrow those. Uh, but we are on page 37 today of our green books. So I'll go through and read uh, Philippians chapter 3, and then we will jump right in. Philippians 3. In addition... My brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcise the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown, in this manner stand firm in the Lord, 
dear friends. All right, so we're on page 37 in our green book, starting with uh, verse 8. So Paul starts with more than that. So what's another way to say that? But wait, there's more, right? So he's continuing on in this concept, in this conversation, in this uh, direction that he's going. So more than that, I also consider. Now this word consider is something that he, he is going to use several times. And it, it's got a couple of different um, uh, technical glosses, but uh, definitions here. Uh, it can mean to lead, to command. Uh, but it also just, like in our modern day thought process, it just means to think. Like I have thought about this. I have, I have thought about it in a way that I have structured and ordered or led or commanded my thoughts around this. So some of you have studied different fields and you have thought deeply about different topics. And if I asked you for your feedback on a given topic that you're an expert in, you would go, I have formed opinions on this. And I've thought about this a lot. And this is, this is the word that Paul is using. It's not just, oh, that's something new. I've considered that for the very first time, and I'm thinking about it. It's like, no, 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 no. This is a, a different level of thought and structure around your thoughts. So he has considered everything, I'm on page 38, everything to be a loss. And this word loss is going to show up a couple of times, uh, as is a, a very similar word to this word loss. This word loss is a noun. I've considered everything to be a loss or a detriment. Um, so something that is, it is not helpful in completing a certain activity or purpose, right? So the, the thing that I think of here is, uh, did, did anybody row crew? You ever, anybody ever rowed crew? Like you've been part of a, a group that your roommate did? All right. Um, there's several, I had, I've talked to a lot of people who've, who've participated in this sport. I want nothing to do with a sport where I am taxing my back that much. Like that's, I have checked that box in my life. I want nothing to do with that. Uh, but a, a big chunk of crew is making sure all the equipment is very, very clean. Like you, the, the cleanliness of the boat is a really big deal because anything that is going to catch water and cause resistance is going to slow the whole thing down. So when I see Paul, and this is not the, it's not the wordplay he's creating here. This is just my personal, uh, the way that I think about this. When I see Paul talking about this is a loss, this is stuff that's going to, slow me down. These are things that are not helpful. These are things that are added to that are not necessary for the accomplishment of the purpose. So every, he's considered, he's thought deeply about this, he's considered everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So in view of, so what's the Greek word there, in view of? Dia, that's exactly right. And it means through or through the, the center of. So back on, uh, I think it's page 13 in your green books, you could see the preposition circle. But the idea here is, I view everything to be a loss when going through, when considering deeply Jesus Christ. So when I, when I filter everything through the lens of the significance of Jesus Christ, everything else is considered to be a detriment. Everything else... I can lose because nothing else is as significant as he is. Uh, Christ said this another way. Christ is above all. This word surpassing value is actually a verb. 
which makes this super tricky to translate literally in English. If I, if I said this in a, a literal, uh, like almost an interlinear type translation, you would say, stop talking like Yoda, because it's too weird, right? It's just a, it's a very strange way to do this. So there's lots of variation on how you see this translated into English, but this is a present active participle. So this is a, a value that's very high, that's a habit. This is not something that was new, right? So Christ's value isn't something that is new. It is something that has always existed. Um, and this word for surpassing value means to hold oneself above. Uh, one of my favorite authors is uh, Jared C. Wilson, and he has a couple of different prayers that he will pray uh, before he preaches. Uh, and one of them is this. She's like, cool. And the first time I saw him write this, I thought, that's weird. <laughs> like, be, like, be big? And his view here is, help me not to be big. Help Christ to be big. Help whatever I do that's helpful or beneficial to the cause of Christ to be subject to the actual object of Christ. Because sometimes we can actually fall in love with falling in love with Jesus. We can fall in love with worshiping Jesus. We can fall in love with serving Jesus. And we can actually miss the object of our faith. So let's be very, very careful about that. Um, City of Light has a wonderful quote. Uh, they're probably my favorite band right now. Um, and this is one of the reasons, is that it's like this big, massive group of people and whenever you listen to one of their songs, you're like, that didn't sound anything like the song before. Yeah, because they picked six other people to sing this one. They picked four other people over here. And uh, I saw, I probably should have looked, or, yeah, I saw her perform City Light's latest song live in Nashville. Uh, and it was really, really cool. And there was some guy on the guitar, and he was like, you, you know when you see somebody, this is my, for guitar, right? Um, you know when you see somebody who's a real expert at their craft, just the way they handle everything, and they, you, this, was, this was these people, right? It's like, oh, okay, I think they got it. Uh, but they have a quote on their website, and before you put it up, Dave, uh, in the most uh, like 21st century thing ever, there's a company called Laser Tweets, and uh, they will take a tweet and put it on a piece of wood, and I have this one in my office. And what I didn't realize until I went to their website, because I wanted to make sure I got the quote exactly right off their website, is that there was something before the beginning of this quote. So I pulled the whole thing, and this is what it is. Is that pretty good or what? I like that. Jesus, be big. Let's not get lost in certainly not ourselves. Um, let's make sure we understand that the surpassing value of knowing Christ is more. It's more than everything else, right? So on page 39... Consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. And then Paul, Paul does something very unusual right here. My Lord. 
This is one of the very few times in the New Testament Paul sounds like a 21st century uh, Western believer. Because almost all the time when Paul talks about Jesus, he talks about Jesus Christ, our Lord, or our Lord Christ, or our Christ. It's very, very unusual for him to use the my. But he is... He has just come out of what? What did Amy just talk about last week? Just come out. Like, here's how my testimony, here's how my back, so he's still in this very, I'm giving an example that's personal to me. So it would be consistent for him to use the word my right here. Um, surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So application uh, at the bottom of page 39. Uh, knowing our Lord Jesus Christ is more than and then I just have a blank. You can put whatever you want to in the blank. Knowing our Lord Jesus Christ is more than. Knowing our Lord Jesus Christ is more than. So what do you think we ought to do with that? Know our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what's the last word on page 39? Because. What's the last Greek word on page 39? Dia. Dia. Through. You see the connectedness of Paul's argument? This is not a disconnected argument. This is one of the great things about studying Paul is you'll, you'll begin to see, like, holy cow, his grasp of what we sometimes think of as very distinct concepts and how he holistically brings these together is amazing. So, because of him, who's the him there? Jesus. Because of him, I have a wonderful life. I think Paul would actually agree with that statement, but that's not what he wrote. <laughs> because of him, I have suffered the loss. I don't know what the theme of, it's like if you look back at everything that I've ever taught about the Bible, but probably the last seven, eight, ten years, I have tried to take as much of a baseball bat as I can to the health and wealth prosperity gospel because that is not in Scripture, and it is terrible, and it is actively harmful to our faith. So because of him, I have suffered the loss. You actually can't say those words in many pulpits in America because it would be wholly inconsistent with the theology taught. So let's remember, loss is part of gain. Like, this, it all goes together, <laughs> right? Now, this word loss is uh, zimiu'u, which might be the most fun Greek word you'll ever say, zimiu'u. And the emphasis is on the first u, not the second. So I think I am exact, actually pronouncing it right, so it's kind of crazy. Uh, but if you look back at page 38, uh, is uh, G2209, Zemiya, which is the noun form of G2210 on page 40, Zemiu'u. Uh, and this is a passive verb, which means what? Something was acted on the subject. So because of him, I have suffered the loss. This wasn't Paul's doing. This was acted upon him. And because of who it was acted upon him? Because of Christ. Now, don't worry. We're not going to stay in the valley long. 
but we are going to hang out here for just a second. So I have suffered the loss. I have experienced detriment of all things and consider, this word again here shows up again, I consider them as dung. And you might go, well, that's kind of a, that's kind of a weird word to throw in there. I, I don't know that I would translate it dung. The definition at the top of page 41 is what is thrown to the dogs or refuse. I, I think a, a helpful modern translation is garbage. Like that, that's going to resonate very well with how we live our lives. Because I don't know how many of you have animals, but you probably don't feed your dog like dung. Like that's, and if you do, stop it. <laughs> and like give the animal to somebody who will take care of it. And like I'm not a big dog person, but like that's not cool, man. Um, so I consider all things as garbage. What do we do with garbage? We throw it away right? We throw it away, which is what he wants to do with everything that's not Christ, right? On that one, you can, it, it, I agree with you, but you can understand why I use that term, because I think of dung and garbage too. Right. I can kind of halfway live with garbage, but I am not going to live with dung. That's exactly right, yes. <laughs> if you couldn't hear that, I can kind of halfway live with garbage, but I am not going to live with dung. That is, that's a good line. I like that line, yes. <laughs> Matt Ayers, there you go. Hashtag the Ayerski. All right, so uh, the next word there is hina. Uh, it's so that, in order that, so that like this loss has a purpose, right? And, and this is one of the beautiful things about Christianity is that our loss, when rooted in Christ, is redeemed and it has purpose and significance, and value. And these are are beautiful things to know when life is not easy. These are beautiful things to be reminded of when life is easy, in those brief momentary glimpses. You're like, oh, that was, like that was, that 10-minute stretch right there, that was pretty cool. And then the, the long periods of loss and suffering is... It's like, okay, so that I may gain Christ. How does verse 9 start? Sean? But wait, there's more, right? That I may gain Christ and be found in Him. So it's not just, I may gain Christ, but I may be found in Him. Now, why is this important? Why why do we need to be found in Christ? We have a problem if we are not, right? There's a whole lot of good answers to this question. But, so that I may be found in Him, not having, present after participle, this is the habit, I don't have a habit of righteousness of my own from the law. Why does Paul not have a habit of righteousness on his own from the law? Because that's not how treadmills work. Right? You, you, you don't get on a treadmill to get righteousness. And the law is an unending, relentless high-angle, fast-speed treadmill 
to demonstrate to us we cannot do it. Right? And, and when I look for my list of Christian things that I need to do today, check, 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 check. I have just jumped on my treadmill and set the setting so that I can do it. And the thing that I need to be reminded of is that I've got the wrong setting. Right? Have you ever gotten on a treadmill and messed around with the incline and the speed? I did this at a hotel a couple of months ago. Just, I tried. It, it, did, it did not go well. At the, at the grade of about six, I thought this, like Dante wrote about this, is, what, is what's going on right here. And I just kept inching. I got the speed up to like uh, 6%. It was 6% grade and 6% uh, and 6.0 on the speed. I nearly died. The problem I had is I'm like, and I have long arms. I was grasping for the like slow down. And I finally had to, I, I did this. It was really pretty slick and I'm glad I didn't injure myself. But I kind of jumped to the side and got on the side of the treadmill that wasn't moving. And I'm like, all right, get this. And I'm bent over like this, and then somebody else comes in the room. I'm like, oh, I'm good. No, we're all good. That's great. It's fantastic. Because I want to look good on my treadmill, too. It's like, it was this whole religious experience with that stupid treadmill in the bottom of this hotel. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The law is not going to generate righteousness. It's just, it's not going to happen. Mitch, you had something a second ago? Sorry. He was, wasn't he? <laughs> he did. He was on that treadmill and he found it wanting. When Amy was talking last week, the thought popped in my head, if we gave Jesus Christ an opportunity to say what Paul said at the end of her text last week. So Paul said, um, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law of Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness in the law, blameless. Like what, if I, if I put Jesus into that, what would it look like? Because it's going to look better, right? It's okay. Circumcised the eighth day, check. Of the nation of Israel, check. Of the tribe of, this is Jesus talking about, of the tribe of Judah, right? A Hebrew born of Hebrews. I, I would say he's the one and only, perhaps. Uh, regarding the law, the fulfiller, the completer, the resolver. Regarding zeal, laying down his life for the church. Regarding the righteousness that is in the law, perfect. So, you, like, you just there's always somebody with a better list. <laughs> it's just exhausting. It's just exhausting. All right, so, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through, what's our word? Dia, one that is through faith, because the law cannot provide righteousness. The law cannot provide righteousness. And it's just through faith, right? Period. We end the sentence there, it's through faith. Right? No, this is our Gary Jared moment. Faith has to have an object. And the stronger the object, the better the faith. So you can have weak faith in a strong object, and that will be good. 
But strong faith in a weak object is terrible. It is not about our degree of faith. It is about the strength of the object of our faith. And this is why we can have a day where we go, Jesus, take the wheel. I have no strength left. Good. He is strong enough. He is absolutely strong enough because it is not up to my level of faith. Now, do we have to have some faith? Sure. Who gives us that faith? God. Yes. God provides what God expects. This is like my summary of the Old Testament. But uh, through faith in Christ. Now, there's a footnote there at the end, right before the word the, in the middle of page 44. And I actually don't believe that the CSB has translated this well. Uh, what they have here in uh, the, uh, the English. Because the footnote here is, or through the faithfulness of Christ. And the reason this is an alternate reading is because the word in at the top of page 44 is not, in fact, in the text. And the cleaner way to translate this is one that is through the faithfulness of Christ, which I would argue is a much better rendering and a much better illustration of the point that I was just making about the strength of the object of our faith, not our faith itself. This is... Christ himself was faithful. Would we agree with this? Like, was Jesus Christ faithful? Yes, 100%. To what? The Father's will. That's exactly right. Yes, he was faithful to the Father's will. And not only was he faithful to the Father's will, he was flawless in his application of the Father. Because I can be faithful and still screw something up. Like, I showed up. I did it wrong. But boy, I showed up. (laughs) Jesus showed up. And he was flawless in the execution. You're like, whoa, okay, this is amazing. So through the faithfulness of Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Now, a lot of people will say that we get righteousness because of our faith. And I would say, I get a little, like, that that doesn't feel to fit very well. I don't like that because that makes it, Seem like a little bit of works in there, that my works is the faith. Um, I actually believe this is our Lord Jesus Christ's faith. That is the, uh, the last word here in verse 9. I think it fits the larger context much, much better. So it's the righteousness of God based on faith, the faith of Christ. Which, who's got better faith, you or Jesus? Well, Jesus. Cool. Well, let's lean into that. And if I'm wrong there, I'm okay with being wrong. I'm also okay with being wrong, leaning in the direction of Christ's strength. So, I'd rather err on the side of God was too awesome (laughs) than like, well, I'm pretty cool. That doesn't taste right. So then we come to verse 10. uh, And if you'll notice in verse 10, the first word in verse 10 is uh, gnosko, gnosko. It's not my goal. The, the words my goal are not in the text anywhere. This is just a, we've got to try to turn these limited verbs and limited nouns into an English sentence. So you add a few words here to make it a little clearer. But my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection. This word power is dunamis. This is miraculous power. The miraculous power of his resurrection. Yes, the resurrection is a miracle. I love how on the, the topic of like, you think it's about something else, and then Paul's like, no, let's go back to Jesus. <laughs> let's go back to Jesus. 
So the power of his resurrection and what if he's just finished talking about? He's just finished talking about the suffering, the fellowship of his sufferings. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have never been in my history as a Baptist to a fellowship event where we collectively suffer. Now, I have been to bad events that I would say at the end of it was semi, like it was just terribly done, that kind of a thing. But we have fellowship with Christ in our suffering. And because he suffered, our suffering has relevance and significance and value and is redeemable. And this is like, you, you want hope for today. There you go. That's exactly right. That is hope for today. In any situation, in any today, in any tomorrow, it is hope for that moment and right there. And I, th I think a takeaway here is that suffering is shared. Suffering is not individual. You know, th this is where the American gospel begins to break down considerably. The I, me, my, mine is what my friend John Pike calls it. The I, me, my, mine generation, right? Like all the Bible's about me. It's all about mine. It's all about myself. I, me, my, mine. And the reality is nothing is about me. <laughs> it's just, it's not. Even my suffering is koinonia. It is partnership. It is fellowship with Christ. Now, does he leave us there in suffering? No. <laughs> no. Being conformed. Now, look at the length of the black, bold word immediately after the red words, being conformed. I had to practice many times for this one. Sum marfizo. Is that not a fun word? <laughs> Sum marfizo. It means to render like or to assimilate. Insert bad Borg joke here. Um, so being conformed to, the, to his death. Being conformed. This is a present passive participle. This is habitual action that is taking place on us. How cool is that? God loves us so much, He will not leave us like ourselves. He is habitually, at, He is actively doing, we are passively receiving, conforming to what? His death. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were going to say conforming to His life. Like, I'm, I want to be conformed to His life. Yeah, and that's in the, in the Bible too. But you also want to be conformed to his death. Because if you are, and I are conformed to his death, then that means our death and what happens after our death will look like what happened after his death, which is resurrection. And that, my friends, is hope for tomorrow. So we have hope for today with our fellowship of his sufferings. And we have hope for tomorrow because, verse 11, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead Jesus is enough. He is enough for your good days. He is enough for our bad days. He is enough for today. He is enough for tomorrow. His life modeled all of this. And before we go into the last thing I want to do today, I want you to step back for just a second and look at all of Philippians 3, 1 through 11. So Paul talks about 
Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For they, we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God. We start to come back up a little bit here. We start to come back up. We don't put confidence in the flesh, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. And Paul begins to list what to others will look like positives, but he is about to contrast it. And if you were to, if you were to graph the positive or negative concepts that Paul is describing here, he is actually going down because he is describing things that he's about to call rubbish and garbage. And then, and then, verse 7 happens, and there's this transition, and everything changes. And it's almost like you can hear it in the background. So I posted the link online for those of you online so that when we go dark here in just a second online, you can click on that link and watch the video that we're about to watch right now. And we'll be back in six and a half minutes. Order matters. If we put the and so I run before the righteousness of Christ, that is works. If we put the and so I run after the righteousness of Christ, that is grace. Order matters. So, I just skipped all the applications and personalizations. If you want them, I've got them in my notes up here. Uh, but uh, the final application here was our Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection is the basis for our hope of future resurrection. There's hope for today. There's hope for tomorrow. There's hope for today. There's hope for tomorrow. And if you still haven't listened to Salus's Philippians album, please do. This is one of the songs on it. It's my favorite song on it. Uh, and it's one I won't get Dr. Curtis to sing because that wasn't Dr. Curtis, if you couldn't figure it out. Um, yeah, so we'll leave that there. All right, let's move into our prayer time. Uh, so write down any prayer requests you've got. For those of you online, thanks for hanging out with us this morning. And uh, lean engage, pray as a table. And when you're dismissed, we are free in response to what he has done to go and worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, guys.